Dana Jean Phoenix, you're listening to Paradise Arcade. The Paradise Arcade contains graphic language. Listener discretion is advised. are listening to the Paradise Arcade with Kyle and Eric, promoting synthwave music and culture. Welcome to another episode of the Paradise Arcade. This is Eric, and as always, joined by my co-host. This is Kyle. We've got a special guest today. We're switching it up a little bit. Uh, this goes into one of our parallel interest video games, and we have the opportunity to talk to a developer of a video game that's coming out here pretty soon. And so... We get to dig into that world this episode. So uh, welcome, Theo. Hello there. Um, and as always, please go on social media, find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, we want to hear from you. So people you, you want us to interview, topics you want us to discuss, albums you want us to review, which can be dangerous. Uh, please reach out to us. We love hearing back from you, folks. And again, for all things the Paradise Arcade, Go to theparadisearcade.com. That's our hub for all things. That's us. Links to uh, t-shirts and merch and all that good stuff that you want to find and pimp out if that's your thing. All right. So obviously we got a little bit of a, a time discrepancy. So it's morning for us and it's afternoon for you. How are you doing uh, this afternoon, Theo? Yeah, I'm pretty good. Pretty good. It's the weekend. I can do whatever I want. And I'm currently in a hellish weather where it's more 40 degrees outside like 104 i'm dying <laughs> oh Whoa. but yeah wow good. everything's good so tell us about the uh the game that's coming out give people a rundown of what's happening all with right that. so yeah uh the game we're talking about uh is a cyberhook it's a game I've been working on for the past three years, uh, on and off. And I received some help from two of my fellow developers for both level design and sound design, uh, being Arthur Peralta and Thomas Tia. Uh, this game is uh, focused around uh, grappling hook mechanics. To keep it short, it's, uh, it's Spider-Man in the world of Tron pretty much. So that's why I'm here. Uh, the whole Tron aesthetic, the synthwave and retrowave aesthetic, uh, came very quickly to the game and gave it, gave it uh, quite a, a bit of polish that I could actually achieve without having too much uh, problem dealing with not having anyone else to work on the game. But yeah, uh, this game is going to be out hopefully in September. And yeah, right now we're finishing everything and it's going to be hell. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, is it is it technically gone gold yet? Is that a, is that a term that people use yeah, in the video game yeah, industry? Yeah, uh, alpha, beta, and gold. And we are almost set. We're just finishing a few things, uh, polishing uh, the UI, polishing the scenario, and most of, most of all, uh, fighting with Nintendo to get it on Switch. And that's... Uh, that's another fight that uh, I was not prepared to to undertake. Uh, but uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's going well. It's going well. Okay, 
that's awesome. Three years, and it's just you doing this on your own for three years. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, like I said, I've received some help from levels and music, uh, music and sound design. But other than other than yeah. that, that's why uh, I'm going to make the joke in the credits. I'm going to credit everyone that worked on the game, uh, even just a, a few things. <laughs> uh, and at the end, I'm going to just to to add everything else <laughs> to you. Because yeah, I, I've been working on the, the gameplay, the whole code, uh, community management, uh, uh, marketing, uh, what we call papras, or just paperwork, uh, stuff like that. Yeah, uh, it was all me. Uh, but yeah, the the levels are from Arthur, and the music is from Thomas Tia. Uh and the guy has a SoundCloud if you want to check out. Really good stuff. Really good stuff. That's awesome. So, um, yeah, that's that's incredible. I, you know, I haven't. Neither one of us have played the game. Obviously, we've just been able to see the trailers, and it kind of gave me a reminiscent like feel of like Johnny Mnemonic. You ever see that movie? No. Oh, give me a second. I'm going to check it out. So it's a 1995 or six Keanu Reeves movie. Uh, it's like pre Matrix, and in this movie. Uh, Keanu Reeves navigates the internet via virtual reality and uh, it looks it's reminiscent if you will obviously they have their own interpretation but that's one of the vibes that I got off of it are you am I wrong Kyle in that you know when you first said that I was like wait a minute how so but now that I remember that scene yes where he is going through the quote-unquote internet <laughs> yeah so <laughs> at in the, the time i can see that yeah in the future apparently you don't type on a keyboard you put on vr goggles and special gloves and you physically interact with it you move your hands a lot yeah <laughs> but people still do that when they show vr scenes in modern movies now it's like i'm typing on an air keyboard or something right right so, um, Theo, let's talk a little bit about your your influences for the game. What inspired you to do this particular project? Oh, yeah. Well, it, it stemmed from mostly two things. Uh, I always wanted to do a grappling hook game uh, because I thought that uh, flying was trash because it's just cheap, pretty much. Uh, I want to go there, I go there, and nothing else. Whereas uh, grappling hooks require you a bit more skill, require a bit more skill because uh, you know if you if you miss a shot if you miss your your trajectory you just slam into a wall or just crash down on the ground so f moving around with a grappling hood uh, always uh, sounded cooler to me than just flying around so so that's where the gameplay stems from uh, but for the synthwave synthwave uh, style uh, I was listening to a lot of uh, Carpenter Brute. I don't know if you, I think you know. Oh, yes, yeah. We are very familiar with Carpenter <laughs> yeah. Brute. Sounds yes. good. And, and yeah, um, the more I listened to it, the more I, I digged. And I discovered uh, at the beginning of the project the retrowave and the synthwave genre. So I looked into it. And since I was still working by myself at the time, um, I, I thought, damn, it's quite simple and looks good. It's just, uh, you know, a few lines around blocks and stuff like that to give it a neon look. Uh, and the, the classic um, synthwave background with the sun and the uh, hashed uh, lines on it. So 
I looked to to that and I thought, hey, I, I can try my my hand on at what we call shaders, uh, and it's pretty much just small programs that are written to make stuff pretty, pretty much. Uh, so I looked into it and I realized, damn, not only do I love it, not only do I blast my ears with Carpet and Brit and other uh, synthwave artists, like I you know, I found Rogue VHS uh, recently, stuff like that. Um, mm -hmm. I looked to other games that, that did that and I took inspiration for everything Neon, uh, like um, another game is Far Cry Blood Dragon, the, the classic, uh, it's, it's really oh, yeah. more of an arcade, arcade style, but um, uh, I took inspir inspiration from, I took, yeah, sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was inspired by it uh, pretty much, and I realized that I could make something decent out of it. Uh, it started quite rough, but um, in the end, uh, we got what we what you can see in the trailer. So it's not bad, I think. I hope. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, it's just everything that I loved at the time combined into something I could do myself. So yeah, I really recommend uh, to other. Uh, small indie devs or small indie teams, the neon uh, slash synthwave uh, theme or genre because it's really cool and just more stuff like this would just make me happy. Yeah. <laughs> that would make me happy as well. Indeed. I feel like there is a strong connection between, you know, synthwave and video games just in general. So it is a good Yeah, fit. yeah, yeah. Because it, it kind of started, you know, the technology vibe and uh, retro wave uh, vibe because you know like movies like Tron really set the the bar for whatever technology stuff you, you may find in movies uh, like even the Matrix stuff like that it's all inspired by Tron in one way or the other so when you go back to the roots to the simple roots uh, Tron always uh, it's always brought up so you can yeah take inspiration from it and you get games like that i have a question a very important question why does france make such amazing like retrograde artists <laughs> like I... if you're listening if like the top tier typically for you know uh either like obviously there's french touch and then there's also like the retro wave or synth wave stuff it's usually french folk that are on the top of that <laughs> tier uh i <laughs> All right, I mean, yeah, I I found a few a few French uh, um, music creators that were quite good, but uh, I think I saw that on the internet too that people saying that the French actual uh, scene was actually very good, and I, I think it always boils down to influence because I know that for metal uh, metal music, like you have other people that like other countries that are more uh, more represented, I guess, like uh, Germany, stuff like mm -hmm. that. Uh, but yeah, in France, since it started out like a small thing, but quickly grew in France, there were more artists uh, making like disco or or electro, electro songs in the past. And it's, it's well, easier to get uh, influenced by someone that speaks the same language, that has the same culture as you. Uh, and so, yeah, it's just, uh, a damn, what's the word? Um, 
I don't even remember the, the word in France, but yeah, it's uh, emulsion. Uh, you get influenced by people around you, and you influence people around yourself, and then yeah, you get uh, get you make yourself a scene essentially. It's like the is that called synergy? Yeah, synergy stuff like that. <laughs> but it's like the, the the pop genre in the UK stuff like that. You know, with the Beatles and yeah. Stuff like that. I'm not really well versed. Uh, I don't really know a lot of uh, UK stuff, but uh, I know that yeah, they were really influential. So this is the same for French people. It might even be something in the water. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's <laughs> red, <laughs> But you it's don't know that. It's a bread and wine. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's really, I, I think now that you say like kind of like the, the roots of of French music, like uh, even if you go like to Daft Punk or whatever, there seems to be this sort of like funky, disco-y kind of like through line yeah. um, that I, I definitely, you know, get a sense of. Um, so that makes, when you say it out loud, it makes complete sense to me. Um so, on top of, of Carpenter Brute, are you a fan of Perturbator? No, I don't know. Because, you know, I got wow. quite... I, I'm quite new to the, the scene, actually. I, I just came to it, like, three years ago. So, I listen to what I can listen, <laughs> to what I found. But if you have uh, great things or great people to recommend, I'm I'm all ears, pretty much. So, that. So, Perturbator is along with the top, uh, along with Carpenter Brute, and he's also French. Ooh. I think I know another big time artist. Yep. And then there's, well, you know what? That's a good thing about this scene though, is that, you know, I've been in it a while. There's still always artists for me to discover. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm just waiting for the next big thing. <laughs> in version 6.0 of Synthwave. <laughs> um, so we were having a, we did it recorded last night as well with another guest and talking about the versions of Synthwave and kind of the progress. Kyle, do you, do you see definitely like solid bookend versions of, of Synthwave? Like a, there's, it's this person leading this style that everyone emulates. And then now it's this person and everyone emulates that style. I don't necessarily think so. I think it's just a constant so it's like it, it started. I the thing that kicked it off for me were the Hotline Miami games. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like that's what you know really introduced me to the music. And I wouldn't say that there is here's a block of a certain kind of synthwave, and then the next progression from it is this other block. Yeah, and it's just going. Yeah, it's an interesting. Uh, interesting thing that I kind of sat on last night and I was like, is there, there just seems to be like certain artists have their thing and that's them Yeah, more than maybe necessarily people emulating. Right. And I think more certain artists stick to a certain sound. Like some people do say like the movie soundtrack right. type of music. Or, you know, some are more influenced by metal and that kind of thing, the darker ones. It's I feel it's more broken up by the style of Synthwave under the big, you know, umbrella of all the different, you know, types of retrowave or Synthwave. Yeah, right. and it, gotcha. it's, re it's really interesting because you can pretty much find everything you want in Synthwave. Because I know a few, a few people that just do really smooth and chilled 
synthwave and other like carpeting brutes, uh, carpet carpenter brutes, uh, that goes really hard. And I love both of them, but I know that a few of my friends would just prefer one of the other. And in synthwave, you can find yeah. whatever. So speaking of carpenter brute, have you checked out blood machines yet? Uh, no. What the fuck? Give me a sec. <laughs> so, um, Carpenter Brute hooked up with, I forget the guy's name. Seth Ackerman? Ackerman. Ackerman. Yeah. And they, they made a movie together. So Carpenter Brute did all the music for it. They just did the release on vinyl, actually. Kyle, did you pick that up? I didn't. I passed on that. Um, I, there was a whole mess with the Kickstarter backing years ago. I just decided to set it out. Yeah. It's expensive for a vinyl um but yeah so they did a basically it's on shutter for folks that are looking for it Uh, if you didn't back the kickstarter uh, campaign years ago and it's broken up into three episodes that are about 20 minutes a piece and it's basically uh turbo killer expanded on by quite a bit it's about it runs about an hour and it's very um to me it seems very like euro sci-fi um, John Carpenter feel kind of all grindhouse movies slammed together. I can't. That the, sounds the, good. The, <laughs> yeah, the plot is kind of hard to follow. I'm not exactly sure, but it's it's amazing. The uh, obviously Carpenter Brute does the music, so that's fantastic. And it's you know if you like kind of a schlocky um, movie. It's definitely a great piece. I like it. I, I'm happy that they made that movie because there's not enough of that kind of stuff in the world anymore. So as a person who hasn't seen the whole thing, um, well, let me ask Eric, did you watch all of the episodes? Not yet. <clears throat> I'm still la- okay. the last one. So I've seen the, the first, and it's almost to me like uh, you could see it as an expanded music video almost, yeah. kind of like how Thriller was a really long music video. Yeah. It could be seen in the same way, perhaps. I, I think you you've got a, like it, a musical a, album, a visual vehicle for Carpenter Brute's music, perhaps. I think that's a great uh, way to put it. Yeah, because if you're looking for a traditional narrative where you can follow it along, and it, you're not necessarily going to get that. So, Theo, talk a little bit as, about your background. So, you you made video games. Um, did you go to school for it? Did you just pick it up and and just figured it out oh, yeah i i did go uh to school uh my school was called is called uh is art digital and when i uh left school when i graduated uh they opened up uh, an incubator for the new people and yeah we we just tried it with a few friends uh and i stayed uh, there uh ever after for well uh, un- until that point uh, and yeah I specialized in both coding and game design and it uh, allowed me to be quite independent in a way because I knew how to design a game in, uh, in every shape, pretty much I knew what to do for uh, art, for sound for code and design so that allowed us with my friends to make a small game uh, on Steam that I'm not going to tell the name of because it's trash. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, and after that, uh, I worked um, I worked on Cyberhook uh, on and off for three years. Uh, it started out just as a small uh, 
a small prototype for me to just try out uh, how to do a good grappling hook. And the more I worked on it, the more the people around me told me, Man, maybe you can make a game out of it. So I tried my luck, and here we are with a mostly finished uh, game that sounds like uh, that looks and sounds like uh, a decent indie game. Uh, there is still a lot of stuff to, to work on, but I'm pretty happy about that. And in the meantime, while I was working on Cyberhook, that's why I say on and off, I actually went back to uh, my school, not as an incubated, well, not at the incubator, but as a, a teacher. So now I actually go back there on a regular basis to teach other uh, young people like me, uh, how to make um, games using Unity and how to make the basics uh, of uh, polish in games like particles, screen shakes, and stuff like that. Pretty basic stuff, but that's pretty rewarding to know that I at least have the level of my uh, my teachers back in the past. So yeah, that's a that's a plus. Other than that, uh, I spent yeah three years in school, and I uh, graduated in 2016. Uh, yeah, I don't think there is much uh, much more to say because it's I've been doing that for pretty much seven, six, seven years, and uh, and yeah, I tried it out as soon as I could, pretty much. I know that the first thing I developed was a Minecraft mod that I lost. Uh, and then I, like everybody else that started uh, coding, I used my TI calculator uh, where I could actually input uh, cheats on tests in high school because the, <laughs> the teacher, <laughs> teachers didn't check anything. So I had a, a program that, that I could launch that didn't do anything. Uh, anything except if I pushed like a series of buttons, it would give me everything, uh, every uh, mathematical uh, formulas I needed. So yeah, that's a uh, don't do that, kids. But that that's that awesome. helps. <laughs> High respect for that. Yeah, that's that's a really awesome. So uh, I would assume that you played video games growing yes. up. Yes. <laughs> so. Um, like what were the things that really uh that you latched onto like what were some of the video games that really like stand out to you uh, as important well there is the the first one i guess uh, first one was link's uh, awakening on game boy and i know that i used to play it uh when i was too young to read so yeah i was less than three years old and i try to, to play the game and I remember asking my sisters to read stuff obviously they didn't because it was annoying but uh, that's, a, that's yeah. a, a memory I had of the game so yeah I started started really early and then like a normal child like normal six years old child I watched my father play Unreal, Unreal Tournament and I fucking loved it <laughs> so uh, I sneaked at night on the computer trying to play the game and I actually uh, uh, I remember I actually beat the final boss where my uh, my father couldn't, so he was beaten by a six-year-old chi child. It was funny. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I started out uh, very early playing games, playing pretty much whatever I could, and having a fight with my parents every time I did. So for me, playing games uh, was always like this challenge that you had to work to achieve. Like... Playing the game is good, but being able to play the game was better. 
because yeah when where when your power cable for your PC is missing you have to find alternatives when your Game Boy is missing <laughs> you have to sneak in and try to find it and that got me into games pretty much I could I just played that's whatever I could and then yeah the the more I, I played them the more I realized that yeah that's really that's something I really love doing so when I got off uh, when I started you know uh, coding and stuff I the idea quickly came up like maybe I can try making one and when I left uh, high school uh, when I not well I not didn't fail but I, when I passed high school uh, I looked for a, a school of, uh, for video games and I found Isat and then you know the rest of the story uh, yeah yeah Sounds like everything worked out well. Yeah, yeah. well, it, it yes. will work out when I make money because right now I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I've been working three years, um, pretty much paying people with the money I made from teaching. Uh, so now I, I, I don't think I can do that three more years. Like I'm, I'm just 24, uh, 24, yeah. Uh, that's, uh, I think that's the age when you can actually move out of the house for finally get a get a car or something and start living life instead of just working in your garage on the game you love like i, I mean if i could keep doing that for a few years i would but uh, i have to be realistic and start start getting getting some cash pretty much <laughs> yeah that's right um so did you also play around with like Skyrim mods? Did you play Skyrim? I did, I did that... play Skyrim, but very late. So the whole hype uh, just passed, uh, passed, and I I picked it up. Uh, so I didn't I didn't mod Skyrim or anything, but I tried to mod Team Fortress Two, and that's another game I really sunk thousands literally of hours. Yeah, I need the motivation to sink that much time. Oh, into games again. you know, you know when you are you you are in high school and you have nothing better to do and you have a pc you, you, you just don't see time going through going by <laughs> yeah it's all a good use of yeah. time well for yeah for me when i was in high school it was uh playstation yeah, there you go. <laughs> the yeah. first one so i did sink a lot of time into that i miss those days no responsibility <laughs> all you had to do was sit down and play games yeah. it's amazing yeah to go back it's, to that. it's hard for me to imagine I, I mean even when i have free time because i've got so many responsibilities and things like that it's it's hard to even when people are like yeah hey, i sunk 100 hours into that i'm like how <laughs> you know a little jealous i guess i will easily hit that with ghost of tsushima yeah but that's like very dedicated you're etching out time just for that particular thing when you could it's, be doing a series I'm, of it i'm passing on doing things like eating <laughs> or sleeping well you know kind of time uh, time spent enjoying enjoying your time <laughs> very much if you enjoy your time it's not wasted very much because there are so many hours it's we're going true. to spend See? like doing annoying thing like work and stuff like that hey if you if you enjoyed 100 hours it's 100 enjoyed hours it's good yeah it's a thousand hours. It's a thousand oh, hours. Yeah. It's better than just sitting, staring at the wall. <laughs> I guess because you can't be motivated to do anything. The bar is pretty low, but still, it's. Uh, <laughs> um. So I'm I'm hearing that you're you're for the most part a 
would you describe yourself as a PC gamer then? Yes and no, actually. I, I spent a lot of time on consoles. Because right now, I am mostly a PC gamer because the games I love, uh, which are uh, management games like uh, Civilization or Factorio, stuff like that, they are on, on PC. But uh, I know that I've, uh, I've spent thousands uh, of hours on Smash Bros. and stuff like that. Uh, so yeah, I I can be considered a console gamer too, but it's just that I don't I, I don't want to buy the latest PS uh, PlayStation or the latest Xbox because I know that I'll get most of the game out of them uh, on PC anyway, so I don't have to bother. So do you feel compelled to uh, in a different way have like the best you know like. PC hardware because that's a whole culture to me that I don't you know like I really uh, don't understand. Yeah, um, I. So I'm just curious. Well, to me, it's not a focus, a focus really, because it's just uh, enjoying enjoying your time. I don't play many games that are super competitive. Uh, funny because I make a competitive game, but uh, my, my when I. I upgraded once my uh, my computer just to get you know better performance on the games I used to play because it playing a game uh, at 10 fps when you you can't move the camera around is pretty pretty annoying so the more the <laughs> the more yeah. we move forward uh, with games and technologies uh, the more we're going to they are going to require a better pc to simply to run so yeah, no, I'm I'm not into, not really into like having the best PC, but uh, when you spend that that much time, uh, when you spend that much time on on games and stuff like that, uh, yeah, why not spend a bit more money to enjoy your time? So it it I definitely see yeah, that being it's worth like it. someone like what... someone taking their car to work every day like a. Uh, 100 or 200 kilometers or miles uh maybe maybe invest into a better car if you are having a bad kind of bad time with your with yours it's like I, the same way people ask me they're like why did you buy such an expensive tv yeah. it's like the utility that i get out of this tv i'm using it every day it's the main focus for all of my hobbies so why not spend yeah you have to spend your money on, on a good tv <laughs> <laughs> money's meant to be spent yeah, that's true <laughs> that's funny um okay yeah i mean that's a valid point it, it's interesting so being a developer and you know, going through school and teaching it how rapidly is that developing technology changing is it getting easier to develop video games oh. uh, is it becoming more complex like just talk about that process. Uh, it depends really of the technology because uh, i use unity and they work really hard to make it uh, accessible to everyone. Uh, there are pros and cons, of course. Uh, I can talk about acid flip and shit. Uh, like uh, people just buying stuff online and making a crappy video game quickly to make a quick buck. That's really annoying. Uh, but on the other hand, uh, there are technologies that uh, I used to, to know, like I said before, uh, shaders and stuff like that, that were that were really hard to to get into, uh, and now that they made it accessible to to everyone through uh, better uh, something called Shadowgraph and others, there are a lot of software that can do that. 
but uh, it gets more complex, uh, but not that much for the people that make games, pretty much. Uh, I don't know if that's really clear, but you, you know, we're going to make uh, crazier and crazier stuff uh, the more we, the more time we spend on developing. But uh, it's not going to get much harder for us, I hope, uh, because there are people working on it to make it easy to use, like Unity or Unreal. That they, they really, uh, you can make something look pretty uh, with a few clicks, uh, while the the stuff that goes in the background is crazy when you actually get uh, deep into the code. Uh, the shit they're making for you is is insane. So yeah. Yeah, they, didn't they just do a, a demo teaser for Unreal Engine 6? Yeah, I think I saw that with the with the um, rainbow colors. It, well, it's like they're walking through a it's a it's a, it's a female character walking through a cave and it talks about like the dynamic oh, yeah. real-time lighting and like I started to get lost and because I had no idea what they're talking. I just knew that like <laughs> it whole, looks good. Yeah, so like the particle physics so like, yeah, what was it? Like one square inch is like a million or like a billion <laughs> points in it. So like the, how everything moves, the dust dynamics and all that stuff is so realistic and it just automatically does it. So you kind of like dictate where it goes or how it interacts and it just does yeah, it on its yeah. own. Well, those movies like uh, Unity did release uh, another one uh a few, I think, one year back. Uh, I think both these movies are kind of bullshit. Like you know, technically you can do that with <laughs> with the with the um, uh, the engine the engine. Uh, but I, I'd be surprised to see a developer actually bothering to do so because it takes a lot of time and performance and stuff. But yeah, uh, Unreal Engine and Engine and Unity uh, are really fighting to, to get uh, developers to work with the tools. So that's that's a good for everyone, I think, uh, except <laughs> except yeah. them. Uh, because we get uh, better and better tools and the player get gets uh, better games. So that's cool. Uh, but yeah, something else I saw with Unreal uh, was I, I because I use Unity, you know, I, I tend to to bitch about uh, bitch a bit about Unreal, but I know it's a great tool. <laughs> and when I saw the uh, a GIF or a GIF, I don't know, um, of light uh, refracting inside of a prison, like uh, they they send a ray of white light and it gets diffracted into rainbow light and then refracted back onto a surface, I was like. What the fuck? It's the fucking future. <laughs> I need to learn that. It's so 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 tough. So yeah, in in a game, it's not really going to matter because maybe well, when light goes through a window, oh, that's slightly different color. The the player won't really give a shit. But for me, as a developer, I'm like, the stuff you can do with that. That's insane. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're both working on the separate way to have uh, to have better engine. That's pretty engine, pretty good. I have trouble. <laughs> I have trouble I mean, saying that name was. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, engine. engine. Uh, so, where do you see the, these kinds of things going? I know, like, I'm pretty. I feel pretty confident that there's always going to be a space for 
traditional simple video games of, of every kind of like tier being very simple or the most realistic um, expansive experience possible i mean where do you see some of the technology going now that would be a noticeable difference like that maybe isn't here now but could be in the future oh you mean uh, you mean like what would change really with new technologies yeah what well, will i mean just from your from your experience well, with unity and being in that particular world and you've seen the progress right you've seen it from even four years ago to yeah. now what's been yeah, developed where where's the through line yeah, it's really interesting because both uh any engine engine ah <laughs> any engine is just a tool pretty much uh you need to master your tool to make a good game so whatever you, you use unreal uh, unity or i don't know like game maker uh there are great games that were that were made with game maker uh whatever they offer uh people are going to need to learn how to use them and then uh, need, they will need to learn what they can do with them. So the, it won't really change much, in, I think, in terms of uh, the type of game that is going to be released, like being very small or very large, like three plays. But it's going to give more tools to the developers to make the games that they want. Because, yeah, something that I get told sometimes by really new uh, developers or people around, it's like, yeah, you're a developer, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> we do what we can with what we have, uh, with what little time, money, or knowledge we have. Uh, and the more uh, you know, time they can spare us uh, with when I'm talking about uh, engines, the the more time they can spare us, the more time we can dedicate to make the things that we love. So we might not see uh, really a new gen genre of games, uh, except maybe VR games, if they really uh, pull through with making it uh, available to the masses. Uh, but not we're not going to see that much change uh, with the new updates, but we are going to see uh, better games, simply because, yeah, I can I can stop worrying about shaders. I can stop worrying about lighting. I can just focus on making the game enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's amazing because you know video games now from the major companies they've got twice the budget of of a movie yeah. now, and they've got four, five, six times the staff. If you look at like the end credits for any major game that's been released lately so many people oh my god it's and thousands of people involved i was going to say i really respect you for doing the game by yourself when you know other companies can have games put out that they yeah they have a thousand people working on a game yeah well that's uh we can say you know i i've worked on the game pretty much alone uh, for for two thirds of the the project pretty much but if we take into account maybe like our publisher graffiti games uh it's like four or five people more so you can add that and maybe the translation team i don't know how many people is working there but we can add them uh the people in our discord they pretty much gave us free playtest so we can add them too and again and again so there is always a core team a core team 
like it's me and Arthur and Thomas. And then there are uh, the, not the secondary, but the support team, like uh, translation, marketing, uh, playtesting. So for big games, obviously it's, there is a very big core team, uh, but usually they don't go beyond like maybe a hundred something that it, it's already huge for me but for the industry it's not that crazy uh but yeah if you add maybe uh if the game was well uh worked on for three years maybe you had uh, a few trainees that you need to credit uh and then you're going to add uh the well, localization team the marketing team and stuff like that and yeah that's how you you get to a thousand people working on a single game but still uh small games like uh small game like uh, cyberhook are uh, are quite uh novel i guess well, not not novel like uh, they're quite singular <laughs> simply because uh yeah. there are people uh just crazy enough to try and do everything themselves and you know if i was presented the change i would not actually do it again it was a great <laughs> yeah, it was a great experience because I learned a shit ton of stuff because, you know, it's my game. When I want to do something, I do it. Something that I cannot do in, in the traditional industry. Uh, but now that I've done it, <laughs> it's done. I don't want to go back to learning and stuff and not being paid and being in the blind for, for three years. Ah, I'm done with that. So I know, so like we're still in the tail in the last maybe quarter of the stretch of this development yeah. right um what do you envision you do you have a vision for what you will do next or what your <laughs> plan is or are you just trying to like get this thing done make some money and chill out no. <laughs> I, I know <laughs> first of all if i make any money i'm going to be happy Really, because uh, there are a lot of stuff uh, uh, at play here. Uh, I'm not going to go too much into detail because I don't know if I'm uh, even allowed. Uh, but yeah, I don't make this game for money because obviously I'm, I don't think we, I'm going to make enough money to make another one uh, simply because we are too small. Uh, but I'd, I'd, be, I'd love to, to make uh, enough money to make another game. But I do have plans for the future. Uh, first of all, the release. I'm not going to entirely stop uh, playing, uh, uh, playing, working on the game, because uh, there are going to be bugs, there are going to be feedbacks, and I'm still going to yeah. work a bit on uh, patching the game. But obviously, I can't do that for free for uh, a year or two. I'm going to have to stop someday. But I'll do my best to make the game uh, into something that the community can enjoy by itself, at least. Uh, and other than that, I'm going to actually uh, work on something else uh, after all this, because I already have plans for an, on another game, uh, but it's so <laughs> underdeveloped. I'm not going to go to, into too much details, but pretty much the next six months, I'm going to focus on finishing the game and uh, working as a teacher. and. After that, I'm going to switch back to um, prototyping a little thing just to see if uh, my idea was, well, is interesting. 
And is, instead of going forward with, uh, uh, again, like three or four years of <laughs> development, of blind development, <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm going to try and get uh, the people that I met at Isart and in the industry to get to make uh, the game, uh, to finish the game in about less than a year and get uh, publishers, get finance, financing, stuff like that. Uh, yeah, but it's still uh, quite blurry, even to me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You, you got an idea. I do. Uh, you just hopefully. I do have that. an idea. And <laughs> something else that uh, is really just uh, something that developers uh, experience is when you have an idea, or even when you are about to release a game, uh, like 90. 90% of the of the time you're going to see something on Twitter or on Steam or on YouTube whatever that is like almost your game the game you want to make <laughs> and you'll be like ah they're doing better than me <laughs> that's awful <laughs> I, it happened with my past game like it was really simple like pretty much um, the equivalent of a of a Mario Party game pretty right simple stuff but I saw like two weeks before release, uh, I saw something that was very similar. I was like, shit, we're done. <laughs> and no, oh really, God. and I also do for Subhook, you know, I see uh, Grappling Hook games left and right. And I'm like, ah, I hope we're just better. I hope we're not going to fail. It's awful. <laughs> and right now, uh, I saw uh, a, um, uh, a YouTuber I follow, like Tear of Grace. Uh, playing a game <laughs> that was like not 90 but maybe 70% my idea and I'm like, like shit I need to redo everything <laughs> that's got to be hard because there's almost no original ideas oh. anymore you know we, we talked about Tron earlier right um, when that came out it was so singularly different that I don't know that people really liked it. Did it do that well when it came out? I don't think no, it did. I don't I think, think it either. did. But yeah, uh, new, really, really novel ideas are very rare because you need to invest a lot into the idea to make it stand out and even just be marketable because, you know, people just like what they already know. So that's why Tron, uh, at the, well, when it released, was not a major hit. But now you see so many uh, different uh, stuff that come from it, like even my game, uh, because people know of Tron and they want more Tron like stuff, like neon stuff, and it's growing. Uh, but yeah, yeah, most of the stuff that is released uh, everywhere is just a mashup of ideas. It's not a bad yeah. thing, really. Variation of a theme. It's just yeah. trying, uh, trying new stuff with the old. It's still new, you know, in a, in a sense. And that's why I hope like the independent scene for, for anything really stays, especially with uh, independent developers for video games, because I think you've, you've been able to shepherd this vision start to finish and really be able to have a direction. You're not going through like um, testers who are, are like a target audience people like well does it does it fit well with this demographic does it go with that demographic well age 13 to 14 or what you know what i mean you don't you're not like uh destroying it in the minutiae of development and, and other people's yeah. opinions because like you when you do that you just get rid of anything that makes it unique because you're always afraid of well, if it doesn't if this group doesn't like it and that person doesn't like it and yada 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 and i think that's the the great irony yeah 
with any genre or theme is that people are always bemoaning that there is nothing new. And then when you do something new, they don't like it. They don't like it because it's not like the other thing. Yeah, but the, you know, the people like, that say that and the people that don't like it are actually two, usually two different kind of people. Because, yeah, uh, that's a very good point that you you brought up. Uh, like the industry not make not making like new stuff because it's true. Uh, I I take a French uh, company like Ubisoft. They can't really make something different like uh, Assassin's Creed uh, Racing. <laughs> something, something stupid. <laughs> wow. I, I but, think they yeah, should, though. I would play yeah, that. Yeah, but they, they can't try it because uh, they don't know if they, the people that play Assassin's Creed are going to like it. Uh, they don't know if is there really uh, an audience for Assassin's Creed racing. Uh, so they're not going to try it because if they fail, uh, they are going to lose much more. Again, because there are thousands of people that work on on these, and they cost a lot of money. If it doesn't, it pretty much it cannot not sell. Uh, whereas indie games uh, have a different kind of problematic, because uh, the games need to sell too, simply because else we die, we <laughs> fucking die. Right. Uh, but yeah. the the only way we can sell games is not by having a triple a team because remember indie we don't have cash we don't have money uh right. so we can't have crazy teams the only thing that we have is that uh that creativity that uh the risk we take so pretty much yeah the only way we're going to make it is by being creative in trying things out and now that I really say it out loud, it's a really bad spot to be in because it's pretty much, you don't know if it works, but you have to try it either way. <laughs> Good luck. Right. Good luck. That's, uh, that's why yeah. indie games are usually a bit more creative and also freedom of, uh, freedom of creation. Because... And if you find that thing, that one thing, if you, because if you, like you brought up Minecraft. Yeah. My God, independent independent developer, holy shit! What a rudimentary game when it came out. It's still in it in now. That I mean, that's part of its charm. But man, to be that guy that made that game yeah. for it to take off the way it did, I think he's a billionaire now. Yeah, just yeah, off of that game. Yeah, a billionaire, billionaire. But yeah, that's also another thing that uh, uh, that really pushes forward is because you know, like. Everything that might work, you might make that game that is going to work really well and that is going to allow you to do whatever you want afterwards, pretty much. Like, maybe I take the example of Undertale, like uh, Toby Fox that released a small game. Uh, what's small? He did work on it for three years also. Uh, but uh, he, he released it. It was a major hit and it defined a new genre of music, stuff like that. And now he, he can pretty much do whatever he wants. And that's, that's awesome. That's th something that we all want uh, deep down. Imagine your game is making millions. And it's fucking awesome. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's not something that we, really, we can really count on. Because, you know, for one Minecraft or one Undertale, there are literally thousands that release uh, and don't do any money. Like, like really, uh, go to Steam and just uh, scroll through the new, the newly released games. I think there are like sixteen games every every day, or, or every hour. 
So out of those 16 wow. uh, games, obviously not every every game are going to make uh, money or even just be worth the worth the the money invested. Yeah, I think it's interesting what does take off and what doesn't take off, and I think it's like. When you go a contrary way, because you think about Minecraft or Stardew Valley, for yeah. instance, like, um, you know, like, <clears throat> let's do a game like Harvest Moon, but like make it look like the original Harvest Moon, <laughs> basically. Like, what's the, you know, like, but there is a market for that and people play the shit out of those games and they're very rudimentary looking. But basically you have the, because even a base machine <clears throat> or console its ability to uh, render uh, a graphic or effects and things like that are are immense versus what a original Nintendo or Super Nintendo yeah. is. So the possibilities there, even if you keep the the graphics very simple, mechanics very simple, um, the freedom there is kind of is is exciting and interesting. And I don't know Kyle's really a big retro gamer. Yes, I, I do appreciate the retro quote unquote look the older stuff being someone who like the super nintendo yeah I, was a big part of I'm my a life retro and one too, of my, i do uh, yeah, i do like, grind uh metal all, slug all and stuff that. That. oh yes hell yeah. yeah yes metal slug metal slug x is my favorite yes of metal all slug them. x i want to create it at once <laughs> so n- now you're really speaking to me with that yeah, that kind of he stuff. just warmed his heart. <laughs> it grew one size yeah, bigger. Yeah, uh, fun fact actually, Metal Slug is uh, is a big influence in the industry in the indie scene simply because it's pretty it's pretty. But we can't. Uh, it's really hard, pretty much, to make Metal Slug uh, graphics because it is so fucking well made that people are, have trouble actually making better stuff than was already done like 30 years ago. 30 years ago, damn. Yeah, actually. But yeah, Metal Slug, yeah. One, uh, one. It's, yeah, it's beautiful artwork awesome. and animation. Yeah, too. Yeah, everything is awesome in this game. But I, I'll say that um, no matter how good the graphics are with you know what's coming out in modern games or the older retro look, sprite artwork any of that doesn't matter how good it looks it all comes down to how it plays yeah absolutely that's really the most important part yeah it's true (laughs) i'll take although some people obscure uh, game uh, for that example but maybe you know dwarf fortress it's uh it's a really obscure game made in ascii so like people are just one (laughs) character on screen uh, there are there is no UI. You can't use your mouse. Uh, it's absolutely awful to to manipulate. But the game is so fucking deep. Uh, like every one of your characters uh, are uh, have thoughts and and wishes and stuff like that. And you can make so much stuff with it. It's insane. <laughs> and, and and yeah, the, the graphics are trash. And you can actually change them. But they they have a, a community of of people just. Playing the game for for hours, hours, and it's awesome. Yeah, no matter what, it can have its own charm. Yeah. That's right. All right, Cal, do you have anything you want to ask Theo? While we've got him. Yes. So earlier you mentioned you were having challenges with Nintendo. Uh, what other platforms are you looking to release Cyberhook oh, on? Right now, uh, it's just the Switch and PC. 
we talked a bit about uh, the X uh, an Xbox port, but I'm not really that much hyped by it, simply because, uh, yeah, Cyberhook is a really fast-paced uh, FPS, uh, not really shooter, but uh, 3D platformer. So it requires precise input and uh, very quickly. So working with only the, the sticks on Xbox is going to be extremely tricky. So I don't think people are going to enjoy themselves on uh, on the on Xbox. But I tried, uh, well, we settled on the Switch because we saw that the gyroscope on Switch was actually quite good. And being a PC gamer, I'm surprised that I can actually decently play the game on, uh, on Switch, simply using the gyro controls. So yeah, for now, it's just Steam uh, and, um, well, not, not Steam, actually, Steam, GOG, and other, other platforms, like just PC in general, and Switch. Gotcha. All right. Well, uh, anything else last minute you want to tell folks while they're listening while we have you, Theo? Mm. <laughs> Buy the fucking game! <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, actually, Perfect. maybe uh, I don't know if you you can find it, but uh, if you by chance find the link to our Discord server, maybe join us. There are some pretty crazy runners that already do some silly stuff on the with the game, and if you actually just want to take your time playing the game at your own pace, it's fine. Well, what we'll do for you is we'll, when we put the episode out, we'll put a link to the Discord Aww. server, link to the website, That's so, so people can. Um, and now, are you on Discord? Can people interact with you sure, there? Sure. We, I do that uh, all the time, and actually did not implement a bot to uh, welcome people. I do do that myself. <laughs> I welcome every single people, person that co comes in, and you are very free to. Uh, DM me or just message me on the on the Discord about anything, really. Can can now can people find you on Twitter or Instagram? Uh, I do have a Twitter. Uh, there's not much on it, but uh, if you want, it's okay. Totos Dev. All the uh, all the uh, all one word. Totos Dev. Okay. So, uh, thank you for joining us. It was very enlightening, very entertaining. Ah, thank you for having me. Um, yeah. Well, until next time, folks, this is Eric. And this is Kyle. Bye-bye. All right, thanks, Theo. Thank Some motherfucking parents I saw